0: To the Locked On Leafs podcast, I'm your host Mike DeStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive, and I'm being joined today by Brandon Cameron. What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, I'm a little bit better. You know, <laughs> the the wound isn't so fresh.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it's been a tough couple of days here for Leafs Nation. First, uh, getting bounced out in the qualifying round, not even the legitimate playoffs, but the qualifying round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Definitely a worse team, both on paper and, and really on the ice, if you really look at it. So that was quite annoying to have to deal with Sunday night. And then yesterday you thought to yourself, maybe the hockey gods have something different planned for Toronto. Maybe, just maybe, they plan on giving us the ping-pong ball, hoping it lands up and into the tube, and then Toronto becomes the team with the first overall pick. But no, no, it's going to be the New York Rangers. And, uh, man, so upsetting. I, 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 not upsetting, but I, I, for some reason, I actually legitimately thought the Leafs, for some reason, they, I know it was just a 12.5% chance to win, but for some reason, I actually thought that that it was going to fall in the Leafs' way, and they are actually going to end up winning this lottery. Didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I honestly though I'm kinda glad it didn't happen. What do you mean? <laughs> like how could you possibly be know. glad it like, didn't happen? I, I don't know. Like were, the Leafs are basically a play I don't want I didn't really I I wasn't rooting for any playoff team to really win the lottery. Like I'm glad it was a team like the Rangers. I like I will just I'll leave I'll say there I'll leave it there. Like I I'm just glad it was a team that was the Rangers.
0: I mean I'm <laughs> if any other team, sure, the Rangers, I'm okay with them winning it. Uh, but I still definitely would have rather the Leafs win it, so I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm going to have to get you off my show if you can't (laughs) tell me that you wanted the Leafs to lose that lottery. Like I I I don't like the
1: idea of it. I don't, I really don't.
0: (laughs) No, I I totally agree in the fact that it's kind of gimmicky. The fact that, you know, these teams like the Leafs who should have been in the playoffs ultimately have a chance to win the number one overall pick Sidney Crosby had a chance to win the number one overall pick along with the Edmonton Oilers and McDavid it was very gimmicky and the Rangers along with Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad end up winning it and now uh, they're they're gonna have some interesting things to really discuss like I saw a a tweet get fired out uh, by a couple of people saying like I'm not too sure that the Rangers keep this pick, right? Left a left winger. He's a stud. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be a really, really, really good player for for a lot of years in this league. But they got their left side of their their forwards pretty locked up long term. They got Panarin, and then they also have Chris Kreider. And maybe this is something that the Rangers can use. Like you saw that they're only a couple of pieces away from maybe being a playoff team. Um, they. they you know they ended up losing to to Carolina pretty handily, but there was a team that a lot of players or a lot of people were picking to be kind of a, an upset team, a dark horse to come through the playoffs and kind of mop up some people, but didn't happen. But you know I think that they could potentially just be a couple of pieces away, and and you dangle that first round pick or that first overall pick. I think it's got some legs. Like I don't know if they're oh. totally sold on staying put and taking Lafreniere with that number one pick.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with that take. I, uh, To be honest, there is one good thing that I think came out of the, uh, play in team winning the lottery. And I think that it, there's actually for the first time in like, <laughs> since the lockout, even there's, there's kind of incentive for somebody to trade a first overall pick.
0: Yeah, totally. Like there's
1: actually like legitimate incentive to do that for once because there's teams that will actually buy it.
0: <laughs> I, I think, you know? well, so a lot of people keep, already are looking at it, and they're like, okay, well, the Ottawa Senators, like if the Leafs – we had this conversation uh, off-air yesterday. We were talking about how if the Leafs won that pick – you know, could they potentially move back and and collect pick three and pick five and then get two players on a cheap contract, also get themselves a pretty good centerman uh, who could play as your third center in byfield and then get that coveted right shot defenseman in Drysdale. You know, we had those conversations, and and, and in my mind, I was like, well, I don't know if they do that just because that means you're giving Ottawa Lafreniere and you probably don't want to do that because he's going (laughs) to be an absolute stud. And I think just the interdivisional is kind of what worried me about making that deal. But you look at Ottawa and and the Rangers, sure, they're in the same conference, but they're not in the same division. They don't play each other as often as Toronto does with, with Ottawa. You know, now I think that Pierre Dorian should be getting on the phone and uh, calling up New York and saying, "Hey, we got pick three and five. Is there something we could do here? Because we want to move up and we want to get Lafreniere. And you could take, you know, move back a little bit, pick up a couple other people. Maybe you can even move back from there and get some other players. There's a lot of things that they could do with that pick."
1: Yeah, and I I, I do definitely enjoy that. Like I I I'm excited. I'm actually excited to watch the draft for like the first time in a while. Like the last couple, of, like honestly, since the Matthews draft, I really haven't had a lot of excitement out of any draft and is actually the first guy that I've noticed that actually would has some excitement
0: I think another thing too is is that's going to be interesting is the fact that well, there hasn't been much trades at the draft over the last couple of years like last year I think do we even get a trade in the first round like it was I think we had what 13th the 13th pick somebody came up to to get Soderstrom I think Arizona came up to get Soderstrom and that was really one of the only trades that we saw. We didn't see anybody sneak back into the back half. And, you know, before it seemed like there was a lot of fun, intriguing storylines and trades at the draft. We just haven't really seen that over the last little bit. And I feel like for some reason this year we could see it all the way up at the top with the Rangers being in a pretty good position to uh, to, to dangle it. Um, to kind of bring it back to to the Leafs, the fact that they didn't win the number one overall pick means one thing, Brandon. Brandon. It means that they got to give up the 13th overall pick to the Carolina Hurricanes because they had to get rid of that Patrick Marlowe contract. In hindsight, how does that deal look for you?
1: Yeah, well, it looks bad. <laughs> it looked like it. To be fair, though, it kind of always looked bad. Like anytime you have to give a first round pick just to get somebody off your books, and you're not bringing somebody in by giving up a first round pick, like that's a tough pill to swallow originally, like that's just a, that's a wasted pick, right? Like, that, that's what it is, it's it's a waste. But, it could be worse, I, at least it was lottery protected and they didn't win the lottery.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I, I guess in that's... Hi, in hindsight, I, I Davis was smart to, to top 10 protect that pick, but nobody thought that this was going to end up being a top half of the draft pick. I think everybody anticipated it being more in the mid-20s. And it wasn't going to be that big of a deal. But now you look like this is nearly a top 10 pick at 13th overall. There's a really good crop of players that is going to be there at pick 13 yeah. that I'm sure the, the Maple Leafs would love to add to their prospect pool. Like, here's my issue with the trade, looking back on it. Yes, they had to do it in order to get signed or uh, Marner signed because they just needed that cap space. You know, they went out and, and they they got all the big boys signed. You know, obviously started with JT. They got Nylander signed last year. They got Matthew signed last year. Over the summer, they made sure that they locked up uh, Kasperi Kapanen. They got Janssen signed. Martin was really the last piece of the puzzle they had to get under contract. And in order to do that, they had to move out that, that big $6 million figure that was attached to Patrick Marlowe's deal Considering he was going to be a fourth liner, they just couldn't go into the year with that and be able to afford Marner. So I understand that that had to go in order for them to re-sign Mitch Marner. But here's the thing. Now, in, this is all speaking in hindsight. At the time, I, I whatever, I understood it. But at the end of the day, they ended up in the exact same place that they would have anyways, on the outside looking in, without a cup. They didn't even technically make the playoffs. So was it worth it? No. No,
1: absolutely not. Not even close.
0: <laughs> like, if you think about it, they probably, like, if they would have not signed Marner right away, like they kept Marlowe's contract a little bit longer, um, maybe they end up moving on from from somebody else, but, you know, th- then they end up just signing Marner to a cheap one-year, de- not cheap, but, you know, Marner to like a one-year, $5 million contract. They probably could have fit that under the cap somehow somehow move out, maybe package something, they could have moved out CC just to get out of that $4.5 million deal, probably would not have cost them a first-round pick to move CC. Like, there's just other things that they could have done, I think, in hindsight, um, that wouldn't have cost them the 13th overall pick. And it just looks bad now. And now you look at it, they, they're not going to pick until, um, I think it's pick 50. So now you're looking at back-to-back seasons without a number-one pick, um, you couple that with the fact that Timothy Lilligren has kind of struggled a little bit to, to make his way into the NHL and cement himself into the NHL. So that's three in the last four drafts where this team hasn't added some cheap, high-end talent to their roster. They got lucky with Nick Robertson last year, picking him yeah. up in the second round, and maybe they can do that again with their 50th pick this year. But outside of Robertson and then outside of Sandine, who, again, still is still trying to make his way into the NHL— They have not been able to add that cheap talent to really bolster the depth of this team. And I think that over the next couple of years, as this team—well, now that this team is in cap troubles, you need those cheap contracts and skilled players to fill out your roster— and now you're going to have to go out and get guys like Nick Patan or Jason Spezza and, you know, these cheap guys, Dennis Mulgan to play on your fourth line or your third line instead of having a guy like, I don't know, who who went 13th in the last couple of years. I think like Martin Nacash went uh, in that area. Like, why wouldn't you rather have a guy like Nacash? <laughs> like, you know I what I mean? So- <laughs> and
1: that, and I think that's the, that's the hardest part to swallow as a Leafs fan with them giving up this pick. It's because, those are the types of players the Leafs need to find in to, to find spots for in their lineup because that's what they're missing. They need like they, they don't have those young depth guys that are super cheap that are actually getting you that are outperforming. They don't have anybody that's doing that. And there's nobody that there's nobody in the wings that's even gonna do that either, besides maybe Robertson, maybe Sandine, but I'm not even convinced either of them are gonna really outperform that much right away. Like they're not they're not legit superstar. They're not gonna be stars next year.
0: And for a team that's win now, they're expecting they need it now. <laughs> you know, a guy like like Lilligren, they're expecting that this season, you know, three years after he's drafted you're expecting him to make an impact on your team. Now he's going on to a fourth year. you know what I mean? last season you, you could have had somebody in the first round come in and make an impact this season like that that happens with first round picks. They don't need four or five years to develop. you know these first rounders for the most part nowadays are pretty ready to go by the time they're 20, 21 years old a year or two after being drafted. but when you don't get those picks, you keep trading them away to try and get yourself to the promised land and continually fail to get there. It's going to have long-lasting effect, and that's what I think we're going to see over the next couple of years as we head into this massive cap crunch. We don't have that young youth at cheap money at entry-level contracts to, uh, to, to fill in in the bottom six. Instead, we're going to have to go out and get old vets who really are just players who other teams aren't willing to spend money on, and they just got to fill out the roster. And, and you saw what happened when you don't have great depth in the organization. You saw what happened th- this year.
1: They got exposed. <laughs> like, that's just, that's what happened. And they got torched and they got buried because they couldn't buy a goal.
0: No, exactly. Um, this is the Locked On Lease Podcast. My name is Mike DeStefano. I am joined by Brandon Cameron. Um, so they're not going to have their first round pick this year. So that's not something that they can try and dangle out there at the draft to try and bring something in or somebody in to try and change the team's fortunes. But if there's one thing that I do believe is is something has to change for this team. I don't know what it is uh, or what it's going to be, but I do believe that Kyle Dubas has a little bit of heavy lifting this offseason because uh, he can't trot out the team that he put in place this season again next year. It just can't happen whether that means trading away one of the big boys, whether that means you know moving out Freddie Anderson, whether that means um, doing something else that's drastic that I can't even think of—I don't know. But what what do you think is next for this team?
1: Well, I, I think everybody knows this. This Maple Leaf team's been missing one thing since forever. They've never <laughs> had this one thing in the last fifteen years, uh, maybe even longer. I don't even know the last legitimate right-handed defenseman the maple leafs had cody franson come on what do you what, what are you? <laughs> cody, brand, cody franson maybe come
0: on <laughs> cody franson first of all he was here for like he's two years he's a top years. four
1: defenseman but he's he not like that's the last legitimate four. right-handed defenseman they've had
0: but that just goes to show how terrible their day has been when we're talking about cody franson being the best right shot defenseman that they've had in a decade
1: it's bad. It's very bad. So I I think if there's they have to they have to they have to bring in somebody to play on the right side of Morgan Riley. Like they it it's time. It's time to find that person. No matter who it is, no matter how it gets done, but it's time.
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. They tried this offseason. It was just a massive fail. It was a swing and a miss, a complete whiff trading away Nazem Kadri, a player who to be honest with you would have been made a big difference in this playoff series against Columbus if he was there just as a side note but trading away Kadri for Tyson Barry was supposed to be a big win for this team finally getting that coveted right shot puck moving defenseman that we've wanted for 15 20 years just didn't happen so they just they need to to, to hit on this next move because they can't afford to have another whiff like the Kadri Barry one
1: yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I think uh, it's not, it's honestly been a pretty tough year for Kyle Dubas as a GM. Like he's kind of missed made a couple missteps here oh, yeah. <laughs> in the development of his team, and it's, it's not the time for him to make mistakes. <laughs> like, cause this is his show now. Like this is a fi- like these are this is his roster. This is everything he's done. He's on the clock, and if he misses another. Another big trade like that Cotter trade could not go could not be going over well now like it doesn't look good on him the Marlow trade doesn't look good I mean sure the Campbell and uh, Clifford trade was pretty good and it was okay but you gotta you gotta a slam dunk <laughs> like he hasn't really done anything yet and it's time for him to do something
0: no I mean he he was lucky that John Tavares is a local boy who wanted to come back and play for his home team, so he was able to get Tavares signed, and I think that that was the first big thing that Dubas did in his career since becoming general manager, and then, you know, we kind of said oh my god, boy genius is, is going out signing massive free agents that's amazing, and then he goes to the negotiating table with William Nylander and gets slapped across the face and gives him whatever he wants, does the same thing with Matthews, did the exact same thing with Marner, and it's like Man, now we're sitting here in a massive cap crunch, and we're at the point where we can't even bring in anybody on the back end to help, and we're going to get bounced again the first round because we got seventy percent of our cap allocated to forwards who can't score a freaking goal. Like he's really struggled to put together a winning product on the ice this season, and not I guess not a winning product for a regular season, but a winning product that wins in the playoffs. Because I truly yeah. do believe, and you know, it was proven over the last couple of weeks that there's a difference between regular season and the playoffs. It's much tighter. um, It's, it's heavier and it just is playoff hockey and regular season hockey are a little different. The refs kind of put the whistles away and they let the guys play a little bit. You saw that the other night, even the goal that Liam foodie scored moments before that Mitch Martin was tripped. And it's unfortunate that he's being kind of villainized as, as for having a bad series, but you know, like he was tripped on that play. I, in my opinion, I I totally thought it was a trip, and, and it just went uncalled. There was some some other stick checking that that was not being called, and you know, it's just a type of a type to of fair, series that to Toronto be- wasn't willing. Toronto couldn't play, and they need to go out and get some guys who can play that way.
1: Yeah. To be fair, though, like the the refs were pretty even like they, no, they like, were pretty, like I will, I will consider they were, they were consistent. Like they didn't call anything on anybody. No. So.
0: And that's what <laughs> really, I'm not just which saying. I do that.
1: appreciate, but like, I agree. There was a ton of, ton of, ton of stick and fractures in that game. Like it was the most I've actually ever seen the Leafs commit.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying that they were biased against the Leafs or anything yeah. like that, but there were a lot of penalties in that, in that uh, series. And regardless, even if they gave Columbus a few more penalties, the Leafs' penalty kill was perfect, so that wouldn't have even bothered me because they actually were killing off penalties pretty good. Also, the fact that Columbus has a terrible power play. But the Leafs kind of thrive on needing power play to get momentum and get those big boys out there and have that extra ice for them to succeed because without that extra ice, they weren't really able to do much of anything, anything throughout the entire series. Like, they were just suffocated by uh, a five-man team defensive unit uh, that was out on the ice for Columbus. But they got to do something over this offseason to try and break that down. I don't know if it's just, you know, I meant a coaching philosophy change in Sheldon Keefe just to kind of do something a little different, but you already changed coaches. You went from a guy who was more traditional, felt you needed to have a a little more toughness and heaviness to their game in Mike Babcock. And then everybody said, well, they're, they're, you're deploying the team, um, with a coach that that's not using him properly, okay. So you go and you get the guy who's going to use him properly, and they have the same result. They still end up at the end of the day an early exit from the playoffs.
1: Something's yeah, got to change. I, yeah, I actually don't even know if i I'd, I'd say Keith used them, used his lineup appropriately in Game Five. Like I, I, think he actually deserves a lot of criticism for the way he deployed his lineup. In yeah, game five. not like, a fan,
0: it, not a fan of the way it, that it wasn't he, the best. No, not a fan. <laughs>
1: It wasn't wise. Like it's not. It's a lot of pressure to put on a guy like William Nylander to play center in the elimination playoff game. Like that's a lot. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Like that's and- a lot of pressure, and I, I feel bad. Like I I mean Nylander didn't perform, but also like I, I get it. Like that's a tough role, and it confused everybody.
0: And I think now that- it's interesting because <laughs> pretty much the big conversation around Leafs Nation today is one of those guys got to go, whether it's Nylander or Marner. I think one of those two everybody is pegging to be moved this off season and I just don't know A if they're going to do it and B if they really can move them. Like these are pretty big contracts and you know Nylander, that's a that one's more movable I would say, but what are you going to get for Nelander? Like is he a top line winger? Maybe Maybe he's a top line winger. I guess he is. He he put together a solid thirty goal campaign, but you know he hasn't done it consistently. And and what are you going to be able to get for him? Like Taylor Hall only got you an Adam Adam Larson. You know, like wingers aren't that coveted in the NHL, like centers and are, and defensemen. And Taylor are.
1: Hall won an MVP the next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did.
0: He <laughs> I don't think melander
1: is going to get traded and win an MVP. To be honest with you, no, probably not. <laughs>
0: Probably not, but what I'm saying is, I just don't, like, you're not going to get, I don't think that you're going to get a number one stud defense, right shot defenseman that we need. Like, that missing ingredient, that missing piece that everybody wants, that Seth Jones player that everybody wants, you're not going to get that with William Nylander. I just don't see it. So then you got to move up the ladder a little bit, and maybe you try and move out a guy like Mitch Marner, because I feel like he does have that superstar X factor that people are willing to pay for, but at, you know, nearly $11 million contract, that's, that's, that's quite high to have to, to, to bring that in for a long-term deal. You know what I mean? So now it's like, okay, because his contract is so high and so long and so many dollars allocated to him, does that bring down his value a little bit?
1: Yeah, it for sure does. I, I, don't, I don't see how it wouldn't. Like, that's a tough, like, honestly, man, $11 million for a, for a right-winger is too much. Exactly, <laughs> like it. It just is. It's your third best player making a like ten. What is it? Ten point eight nine. Something like eight that. Nine, right? Like your third best player makes that. Like come on, that's so hard to swallow. Like you can, if that's your best player, I can. I can maybe can concede paying ten point nine for a winger. Like if it was Patrick Kane, if he was Patrick Kane, then yeah, I can live with that number. But Mitch Marner at that number as the third best player on your team, and that's going to burn you.
0: <laughs> and he didn't earn that contract. Has. He did not earn that contract this season. He no. did not play like an $11 million man in the regular season, and he certainly didn't play like an $11 million man in the playoffs. Like, he struggled in this playoff series, I thought.
1: Yeah, I know. He didn't have the best series. No. Uh, I, I, he a lot of, Honestly, I find myself, like, not even noticing him. That's how invisible he was.
0: And when you did notice him, it was because he was making some mistakes. Yeah, trying to be a little too flashy, holding onto the puck, looking for the perfect play, and then oh, turnover. Like, I don't know. I, I I feel like right now Marner's being used as a pretty big whipping boy, and and is almost getting pushed out of the city. And he's the guy who people are willing to to trade to get that coveted piece. I just say like, man, it's not as easy as as it looks. Like it's not it's not a video game. It's not NHL twenty where you just look and and you try and match up trade values, there's a difference between trading an expensive winger for a defenseman. Yeah. Like, there's just a difference that doesn't happen often in the NHL. It doesn't.
1: There's only one other example that that has actually worked out, and it was Johansson and Seth Jones, but also it didn't really work out. (laughs) (laughs) It worked out for two years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... Ah, something's got to happen to this team. You know, everyone's throwing around the Raptors analogy and who's going to be the the DeMar DeRozan, right? Who's going to be the sacrificial lamb, the heart and soul of the team that's going to have to go in order to bring in that needed piece that's going to help them win? You know what I mean? And here's a name that hasn't really gotten tossed out there, but could Morgan Riley maybe even be a guy who... Will be able to bring you back something. He's a guy whose contract is gonna be up in a couple of years. And I don't know, like literally at the end of next season, is he somebody that you can even bring back on a deal? Like they're so far up against the cap. Who knows? And and if he could turn Riley into a cheaper option that is equally as good, or or you even look at somebody who's a little more um defensive minded than than Riley. Maybe you try and do something like that. You know, there's there's a couple of options there. I just think something needs to change, and I, I would be hard-pressed to see all those guys who was out there for that third, for that three-goal onslaught in game four, you know, all six of those guys, I do not believe all of them will return by next season.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think at least one of them's gone, maybe two.
0: Well, they, uh, was, Barry on that? was Barry
1: on the line there? Actually, I think they went five forwards and one in Riley. Okay. They might have went five forwards in Riley. Yeah,
0: okay. So, yeah, I think one, one of them for sure I think is going to be gone.
1: And I don't think it's Matthews. I don't think it's Tavares. I don't think it's Hyman.
0: Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope.
1: We'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. I, I, also, I also don't really think it's Riley either. Like, uh, honestly, dude, like, in that Columbus series, like I thought, Morgan Riley was awesome. He was like I thought he was like a. He was a horse,
0: for sure. I, I think Morgan Riley was one of the best, you know, players, and he was actually healthy. You know, he looked healthy yeah. for the first time all season, really, since like the first couple of weeks, um, and he looked more like his Norris self that we saw last season. Um, but it's just, again, it, it comes down to, you gave so much money to your four to those four forwards now there's not enough to pay everybody else and Riley may be a guy who unless he takes a hometown discount and he sticks here on the cheap may not be a guy that you can afford going forward same with with Freddie Anderson Zach Hyman's a player that's going to have to get paid you know like there's a, there's quite a few guys who are going to need contracts over the next couple of years and with the cap being flat they've got to shed some salary and they got to shed a lot of it so when you got William Nylander or Mitch Marner making 7 and 11 million dollars, that's why those games are being brought up.
1: Yeah, the Leafs can't afford to overpay anymore. They have no they have no extra funds to overpay anyone. No. Don't overpay anyone. So if anybody achieves any more than what they currently are, they're going to have to get paid more and the Leafs can't afford it.
0: And and let's be honest with ourselves. If they just needed to shed some salary, sure. I guess they could probably shed close to seven million dollars by offloading um, Kerfoot, two of Kerfoot, Kapanen, or Janssen, Because I think they could get. I think one of them is probably going to be gone. Probably Janssen, uh, by next season. But at the end of the day, you're not trading those guys for anything. They're cap dumps. Like, I think they're good players and they're worth something, but. You're not gonna get, not gonna get anything what special. you need. Like oh. you're not gonna get a top four defenseman for a third line winger. You're like that doesn't happen. What do you, you might get a second round or third round pick for a guy like that? To be quite honest with you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I you're right. Uh, or maybe they get another more depth defenseman they really can play a little slot a little further down on their but lineup. That's not what they like need. The why, bonfire, why, but...
0: why do they need another? They don't need another Justin Hall. They need someone to go up into the lineup. So if you're getting somebody who's making four million dollars, what, are you going to put him on your, your your third pairing, or are you going to force him to play first pairing minutes again and have another Cody Cece scenario?
1: Well, they're probably doomed for a Cody Cece scenario unless they trade monitor <laughs> and Elander, right? Well, like that's, they, what, I, that's they, what I mean. That's that, 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 the cards are dealt.
0: <laughs> that's my point, right? That's yeah. why I'm saying, like, yes, you can create cap space by moving these other players, but. Realistically, most of these trades are going to be hockey deals, dollar in, dollar out, and you're not going to bring in anybody worth playing on your top four if you're only willing to trade a guy like you know um, know, Johansson, Kerfoot, Capitan, you know whoever else you can toss in there. I guess Uh, it's not going to happen. Engvall, I guess, is another player who maybe you could look to move. He's got 1.2 million uh, dollar cap hit over the next couple of years. You know, they're going to have to move one of those big guys in order to really get themselves that stud defenseman that ha- they've been coveting and missing for two decades, plus, probably.
1: And I, I'm also still a firm believer that uh, that Travis Dermott's probably a player on the move out, too. I think he's a guy you throw in, in a trade to try and sweeten something a little bit. Maybe. Like, I think that probably is what I think he has to be, like... There's not really much fit for Travis Dermott on the Leafs unless he becomes the right hit, unless he switches to the right side, which he hasn't.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, there, there's some legs to that, using him as a trade chip. But even still, like Travis Dermott's not going to get you a, a, a top four defenseman because if he was a top four defenseman himself, we wouldn't be thinking about trading him, right? You got to give to get. Uh, At the end of the day, you got to give to get.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: So, uh, all right. Uh, well, I was hoping that we could talk about round two of the playoffs, but I don't think that we're going to get to that because we ended up going on a bit of a tangent there. So real quick, all I'm going to do is I'm going to see, I'm going to ask you who you think is going to win each series and give me a quick sentence as to why. Real quick, sure. okay? Columbus, Tampa.
1: I actually, I'm on Columbus. I, I think Tampa's, Tampa's injuries are going to really affect them.
0: I'm also taking Columbus. I think that uh, last year they proved that they can beat this team, and they're a little shorthanded going into it. So Columbus and, and that goaltending, I think they'll shut him down also. Uh, Calgary, Dallas. This
1: is, a, this is a good one. This one's probably the closest series, I think, for me. Like, this is the closest to a pick I would say I, I'm still pretty high on Dallas, I think. So I'm going to go with Dallas because I, I have more faith in Calgary blowing it.
0: See, I think this is Dallas by a landslide. Like, I think Dallas will win this one in in five or six games. Uh, it's tough to beat a guy like Ben Bishop, so I'm gonna go with Dallas. Uh, Carolina, Boston.
1: Carolina, Boston looks like trash. Ooh. Also, I hate Boston; they suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the, the part is that they, they they don't suck. They're they're quite literally the number one team in the league through the regular season. Uh, that being said. You gotta go with the jerks, man. They look so so good in that first series. Um, they looked fantastic against the Rangers. They made me look like an idiot for thinking they were going to get eliminated. Went out and swept the Rangers themselves. But Aho, Svechnikov, uh, you know, Warren Fogle is having himself a pretty good playoff so far. Great role player. I love that. I love Warren Fogle. I love him on the Leafs. Um, Martin Nacash, oh. Justin Williams, Mr. Game Seven. You know, they got some really, really solid players over in Carolina, and I think that uh they've they've bought into Rob Brendamore. I can see them making a pretty good run here in the playoffs. And Boston looked a little shaky, uh, in the first little bit here through those those three qualifying round not the qualifying round, what did they call them? The play in no. What was it called for them? For those teams, those four teams?
1: It's just a round robin, I think. <laughs> yeah, just
0: a round robin. Okay. Well, they look shaky. Um. So, I like Carolina. They're coming in hot. All right. Last team that plays tonight: Chicago and Vegas. Who you got?
1: Vegas sweep.
0: Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna go for a sweep. I, I think this one could go six as well. I I think that Vegas is gonna end up winning it. But uh, Chicago, they played really good, uh, pretty good. I'm gonna say really, good, but they played pretty good against Edmonton. If Jonathan Tays and Duncan Keith play this well going forward they're going to be a problem because they look like vintage Taze and vintage Keith. And yeah, I, uh, that, that could, that could pose as an issue for the Golden Knights. So I'm not going to write them off. I could even see this one going to seven.
1: Yeah. I. I uh, that's a good point. I, Taves and Keith, they look like they've turned back the clock like five years somehow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Patty Kane still Patty. has been amazing. So, Alright, uh, so that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck and follow Brandon at B underscore Cameron 222. Two, two. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast for myself and four other Locked On hosts talk about all the goings on in the NHL. Brandon, thanks so much for joining me today. It was a Lot of fun thanks buddy all right i'll be back with another podcast tomorrow but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs